Who gave you the notorious nickname, the baddest bitch? Um, that would be Trick Daddy Dollars. But think of it, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Isn't that a oh, trip? Isn't that a trip? So close supposedly. And I'm saying, what? Well, at first you would say, well, I'm the baddest chicken. I said, what do you mean? I'm the baddest guy. <laughs> so yeah, that's weird, right? That's pretty yes. awesome. So that makes so that name, this that the name, baddest podcast. Yeah, it was the baddest well, okay. podcast. Yes, baddest Hell podcast. Yeah. Yes, I'm a part of that. I love that. Hell yeah, <laughs> Trina. Listen free to Hot Boxing, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. If you love the show, share it with a friend, and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Eben Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. And Mike, we got a great guest. Oh, this is awesome. We've had a, uh, we've had a nice string of strong women in here. I was man. explaining that to her. She's probably the, she's the fourth one. I love it, dude. The fourth This one. second round, you know, we're in the new studio. Bringing the strong women in the in the hot box. I agree, hundred percent, brother. Let's get this popping. <laughs> well, we've ha- we've got Trina. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, what's been going on, Trina? What you doing? Um, I just dropped my new album, which is called The One. Yeah, that's who, right. You have any future uh, guests on? Uh, it? Yes, I have um, two chains on the album. I have Plies, Lil Boosie. I have Nicki Minaj on the album. Um, I have Little Wayne on the album, K. Michelle, Kelly Price. Oh, so how's it go, Ray? I've been in the music business, but I never knew. How's it go? All these people on your album. <laughs> if the album hit, they get paid or something? How'd that go? Well, yeah, they get... Or they they get, do it for a few of your people, so we're going to put some love Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it depends on how the relationship you have with the artist. Some artists, they'll do it, and it's you could just do it. I'm going to do this feature for you. Some want to get a fee for it. Some will do a trade-off. You do one for me, I do one back for you. And, you know, that's just kind of how it works. It depends on the relationship. Mm. Yeah. All right, cool. So it's good to have good relationships, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In life, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Rico Love, he's also on my album. Actually, he kind of um, co-produced the album. Is he on, uh, he's not on... Um, Tory Lanez, huh? Is he on the show with you? Rico Love? Yeah. Well, no, he's not on the show. He What's kinda, the show? He comes on, the Love and Hip Hop Miami. Oh, oh, okay. He comes on every now and then, like for, for advice or guidance or the studio, stuff like that. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll get into, I'm, I'm interested in what that... Is like on the show. <laughs> Love and hip hop. Yeah, but but let's take it back. Where would it started. Be, would it be fair to say that you came into rap by chance? Uh yeah. 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 Tell us about that. How did you come into music? Um, it happened kinda because I was friends with Trick, and he just had made that he had put out an album. Um, and you know we was we all from Miami, so I was supporting him all um, already. And then he wanted, the label wanted him to do another record featuring a female. And it wasn't really for me to be rapping on the record. I came on the record to kind of just like, you know, like talk trash and like mm. intro and sell out and, you know, girl versus guy. But when I got in the studio, it went left. Then he wanted me to like go in the studio and do verses for the record. Like listen to what he said and then come say the same, say something better. Like for the girls, like it's a chant. Now we we at war with the girl, with the guys. So that's how it kind of happened. So it was like I was, it was spontaneous, but it was hilarious. I was nervous, I was scared because I thought I was doing like a little intro. So that was cool. But when it went into this whole different way, I it totally I was nervous. But was it something that did it come natural to you? Yeah, you know what it did because I feel like he just knew I was feisty, kind of. I, mm. I had this feistiness, so when I got in there, I was I was doing that same method. Like I was just talking, I was talking trash, I was say, you know saying whatever I wanted to say. But then when he was like 
like saying it, saying it, say it in bars. So it was kind of like I was breaking it down now to make it make sense, now to make it rhyme, mm. now to make it like really convert into what he was saying. So then that's how for me. I mean, it was like I just got in there and did it. It didn't seem like I was, you know, had a hard time. I just I was like, this is what come to my mind. I'm gonna put this down together. I had my girls hyping me up. He loved it, and the song became a hit. That's awesome. Because you just came with the energy. I came with the energy, the talk, just, the swag, yeah. You just need a little coaching just to put the pieces <laughs> To put it together. all together, yeah. That's dope. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear you talk about you you were, you were kind of scared or nervous uh-huh. and had a lot of anxiety. Yes. Because Mike and I talk about that all the time, really? like in sports. Oh, absolutely. Really? You have anxiety? Oh, I'm scared to death. No way. <laughs> scared to death. Really? I, well, if see, we, if I, I could never discipl- tell. If I wasn't disciplined, I would leave my dressing room and would never come back. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I be thinking, I'm about to get on a, do a show and I'm scared. You would yeah. never be able to tell you're scared. That's a whole lot of... A lot of pre- preparation, a lot of experience. Really? Yeah, but I don't care how experienced you are. I don't care how great you are. You uh-huh. get those feelings. Yeah. And when you stop having those feelings, it's over. I yeah. tell people that all the time. They ask me what drives you, what keeps you going. I say, the moment I stop having that feeling, then that's when I know it's over. Yeah, it's over. Once you have that feeling. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I learned something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The butterflies... Yes. <laughs> you feel that like energy building yes. in yourself. I do it every time before the show. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what, that's like the fuel. Yeah. From there, you were of a generation of female rappers. You really opened the door for a lot of female rappers mm-hmm. to come in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, around that time or a little bit before you was Lauren Hill mm-hmm. and Lil Kim. And how did, what was your relationship like with them as you were coming into it? I mean, well, when I came into the game, it was like a handful of women. Um, there was Missy Elliott, there was Kim, there was Eve, Brad, um, um, Fox. It was like, it was a whole yeah, bunch of yeah. um, women. And so it was a different kind. It was very embracing. You know, everybody, you know had their own space but still t- when everybody got together it was like un- it was unity you know everybody kind of clicked up we used to hang out do different events you know different sh- shows or whatever so it was it was a good way for me to come in especially to these women that I already liked mm-hmm. I saw on TV I was like yes I love them and now you're in front of them you meeting them and then they're like super dope in person you she's know? such a nice lady right? I never like nobody I want anybody to bow down to me <laughs> I, was such a ma- I was such an egomaniac and stuff were you? yeah <laughs> Oh, I, I could get that though. I could get, but your job was different. Like you have to have this tough exterior, like game face, right? I don't know what it was. It was that was just you. Always, I wanted to jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll be, yeah, I'll be right here. What the fuck are you looking at, motherfucker? <laughs> This podcast wouldn't yeah. have happened 20 years no, ago. Fuck no, fuck no. no. What the fuck you looking at, man? Yeah. And I was just an idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad you're nice now, Mike. You oh, know, wow. Age humbles you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It humbles you. So 20 years ago, this definitely wouldn't. The podcast. Oh, I'll be hitting on you talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. It'd be fucked up. This, oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Hey man, we all grow. This whole, yeah. this whole interview, this whole interview will turn into a sexual tone. Oh really? It'll be one of those interviews. Disrespectful, nigga. Oh, oh <laughs> well, I'm happy God. that it's not real in this phase right yeah. now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank God, it's all love and compassion. Yes, and, yes. You know, getting to the bottom of what pe- makes people tick. Yeah. And what makes you tick? 
success, power? Um, I think all of it. Yeah. Honestly, power definitely. When you first, when you first had the first hit record and stuff. Power, like yes, I, boom, you wanted that, and you wanted to keep feeling yeah, that feeling. Wanted huh? that feeling, that same fire, that same energy. I was like undefeated. Why nobody can tell me nothing? It was just the fire that was fueling. Yeah, the the power, just to feel powerful and just. Where to do you feel, think you know? that come from? That feeling. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I think. I think it's. Uh, I don't know, probably just like a rage of passion or something. Yeah. I don't know, something, I don't know. For me, I know when it's in a moment, when I'm, when I'm able, when something I've conquered, something that become that big or feel that great to me, I'm like, half of me is thinking like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Or, damn, yeah, I just did that. Like, you know, it's the, I, I get like two different type of feelings. Mm, I understand that. But the power, like, you know. I understand that. Yeah. yeah the power overwhelms you. Yeah. Sometimes it does to me. You know, sometimes, um, funny we talk, sometimes <laughs> I don't have a good opinion about myself, but I think I deserve everything. Really? And yeah, sometimes I don't think good because I know my past and I have uh-huh. some of my, what do you think, some of my my, my shame and my guilt. Uh-huh. And I think about that shit sometimes and I say, wow, something must be okay because God keeps granting me a lot yeah. of blessings. Yeah. So I'm saying, did he forgive me or did I never forgive myself? Mm-hmm. Which right, one? Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think it always comes back to that. Yeah. It's all about you forgiving yourself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is that you feel guilty or feel shame over, you know, it's all about your relationship to it and your attachments within yourself to that. Absolutely. You know, you have one of the best nicknames <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Who gave you the notorious nickname? The baddest bitch. Um, that would be Trick Daddy Dollars. Really? Yeah, Trick Daddy. But dig it, right? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Isn't that a trip? Oh, isn't that yeah. some shit? Isn't that a trip? So clothes are boldly. And I'm saying, well, at first you would say, well, I'm the baddest chicken. I said, what do you mean? I'm the baddest <laughs> So, yeah, that's weird, right? That's yes. pretty awesome. So that makes so that this name, the baddest name, podcast Yeah, it was the, the baddest oh, okay. podcast, yes. Baddest Hell podcast, yeah. yes. I'm a part of that. I love that. Hell yeah, Trina. <laughs> I yes, love that. I do too. <laughs> I love that as well. Um, it was so funny. Earlier, I was watching one of your music videos, uh-huh. and I re- noticed that Warren Sapp was in it. <laughs> oh, he's awesome, right? That was my. That actually was my first music video on my solo album, the Baddest Chick album. That's oh that my video. God. And now I didn't really know much about football, but I, I, I know, I knew Warren from you know a couple people in Miami. Yeah. And so they're like, "Oh, we're gonna use him in the video." I'm like, "Okay, good. That's cool." Now he's in the video, but now they want me to like walk over this guy's jersey, which Fuck is, it. I guess, his rivalry. Brett Favre. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, know this guy. Yeah. I was like, I'm like oh, "What are you doing with Brett Favre's jersey?" No, I thought that was cool. Yeah, so that's how, that was like how, you know, that was just a funny moment for him to be in the video and just that to happen to me with the jersey. Everybody's like, yeah, you are the baddest chick. Yeah, Brett teammates are telling him about the video. I know they're telling him about the video. I know. Now, where are you from, Miami? You from Liberty City? Liberty City. You know Convertible Bird? Mm-hmm. I love Convertible I know. I, that, you know what? That's the first time I ever saw you in real life is really? with Convertible Bird on really? 15th Avenue. I was a little, little, little girl. You saw me? Yeah. Yeah, because my mom owned a store right there. And so you came to Miami and you was with him. And I he was just, you know, the biggest guy in Miami at the time. And, of course, now he was even the bigger because you was there. It was a big old moment. I just never I never forgot that What's growing up. Name? My whole entire Convertible, Convertible Bird. Convertible Bird? Yeah. yeah. What and did I he never do? forget that. He was the just hustler, a- nigga. The hustler? <laughs> yeah. You're a player. 
a player. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I never forget that. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. Well, tell us about growing up. Like, what? Where'd you? You know, how? I grew up you... in Liberty City, Miami. You know, it's it's, it's one of them neighborhoods, and it's you know, it, back then in the town when I grew up, it was all about hustlers. All the hustlers was out. Mm-hmm. Everybody was out doing their thing, and it was you know, who had money. Money brought a lot of power to the streets, mm-hmm. to the city. My family was real known, so that's how my name just became a popular figure. This is so how I knew Trick, went to school with him. And um, and then I just, you know, I went on to school, Trick ended up getting arrested, and we kind of separated for a while. And I just, um, I ran back into him once I graduated school and once he came out of prison, and that's how the music started. And then from there, the rest was just history. I started doing music. I was supposed to do real estate. I went to school to do real estate. And Trick wanted me to do this record. And once I did the record, I did a party for him. And when I did the party... He was like, well, you just going to come hang out for my birthday. It's cool. And I was like, don't make me do that song. He was like, no, no, no. And when I got in there to, to do the party, he played the song. And once he did his part, every girl knew the verse to the song. And they just started doing it. He forced me on the stage to do it. And I hated him for it. And that's how the whole thing started. That's what made me really knew I wasn't going to do real estate. I was going to do music. And I just followed the path. Wow. Yeah. That was That's a version of going where the universe takes you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, when I had my first amateur fight, right? Uh-huh. My first amateur fight, I was just um, I was so scared, of course, but I was so nervous, and it was in a a, a gym, a really actually a gym, a small gym, and probably seventy people must have came, right, and filled the gym up, right. And um, I remember when I knocked the guy, I was so happy. I fell on my face. I just didn't know how to act. I was so happy. I fell on the floor. I was, I was crying. I didn't know what to do. And I said, this is what I want to do. I love it. Really? Yeah. How old were you? I was 13. Oh, oh wow. God. Okay, you was what young I do. Yeah? Yeah. And Okay, so let me ask a question. At, at 13, okay, because I have, at 13, that's young, so that's the difference. But I just have a hard, hard time believing that you were ever scared. I never stop fearing you ever, never, in no fights, nothing, never. That's my biggest, one of my biggest qualities. Really? Yeah, my fear. Yeah? Losing wow. and stuff, yeah. Okay. We, all, we This is a, a fear-based world that we live in. Yeah. We're all we're afraid of failing. We uh-huh. all say we don't give a fuck, but we're afraid of failing because we're afraid of the response we're going to get from failing, our criticism. Yeah. But still, we say we don't give a fuck what people think about us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're born to care and... I'm trying, I want to say the right words. We're born to care about what people think about us because we have an urge to improve ourselves. And we're mad at them because, I guess, they're telling us to improve ourselves. And we don't want anybody to tell us shit, our ego. <laughs> yeah, ego. You know, that check, whatever it is, that check or that humbleness that they, they thrust upon you is a, is an urge to improve yourself. Well, it should be an urge for you to improve yourself or you won't have to feel that feeling again. Because it's a very uh, deplorable feeling. We first started doing this, Mm -hmm. and Mike started opening up about how scared he would be right before his fights. That just blew my mind. Absolutely. And I really related to it because I played pro football. Uh And, you know, the position I played every day, it was about, you know, a hand-to-hand combat with another player, mm-hmm. you know, because I played offensive line. Okay. And every game, I threw up before every game in high school. I know people that do, they always take a shit before a fight or something. I threw they take up. the gloves off, I gotta take a shit. I what? Take the gloves off. Take the gloves off. And then before a fight, you gotta take a shit.
Because, you know, when you're young and you're involved with sports, even it could even be entertainment. Mm-hmm. And we're so, we get so caught up in that, we forget how to love ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes we're, we're not nice to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we show it by being mean to people. Mm-hmm. You know, because we don't know how to love ourselves. It's really easy to get caught up with you. If you get caught up with you, there's no way you're going to love yourself. But it's so easy to get caught up with you and your ego. So easy to believe we come from nothing. We come from trash. Some of us got mothers that are prostitutes or fathers that are pimps. And then we get a couple of life affirmations and thinking we're God next time. How does that happen? You know, you get somebody that's born from nothing, and somebody tell him a few life affirmations. Somebody get him a mentor, and he tell him a few words, and all of a sudden he gets confidence, and he thinks he's fucking God. Do you understand what I'm saying, kind of? Yeah. Where does that come from? Like you, how do you how do you get that ego to go and want to hurt somebody? You just you're just a little kid. You came from your mother, your little boy. You playing with your family. All of a sudden, you got that urge. Where did that come from? I don't know. You know the positives and the negatives of it. Yeah, it has to be both in this kind of life. You know, the negatives of the abuses you've taken. You know, before you understand. Why do we want, Why do we? Why do we want respect? And why do we feel that we need respect? Mm. What is really respect? What do we perceive as respect? Right. You know, you see people get killed because motherfucker call them a bitch and say fuck you or something like that and they right. kill them. So what? What's what's the concept of that? What do you think? Um. So you're saying why do people want respect? What do we think respect is? Yeah. Do you think because of our history of who of us black and we being treated so disrespectful all our, from the, the beginning of us in this country do you think that's a lot of desperation for respect I think most people because they don't feel like they're worthy or anybody unless they're respected unless I, I feel like okay yeah if I see you I see you in the street hi how you doing that's respect or I don't have to speak to you. That's not disrespect because I don't know you. I might not think that respect. I might think you need to sit. You need to talk longer than me. Just hi. Just hi. Yes. If you don't no, know I'm not, this like saying, a regular person, no, I'm just thinking. No, that's just going to be my concept uh-huh. of respect. Uh huh. Mm. Right. I could think that's disrespect, but you just say hi. Bitch. Hi and just leave, right? You know, yeah. Right. Some Instead of saying hi, how are you? Or how's your day? Yeah, some okay. people, some people have a, have different illusions of themselves. They think they're players without even passing any mm-hmm. test. Yeah. You know. What the fuck you say? You say hi. You ain't talking. Me? And I agree, yeah. you know, that's like if I'm somewhere and someone takes X take a photo of me and it's like, oh, cool, I'll take the photo. But if you just go, oh, hey, can I take a photo? And you don't even say, hi, how are you? How's your day or anything? That's almost just like, I don't think that's respect. You don't even ask me how I'm doing today. It could be a horrible day. I could have yeah. almost got hit by the Lyft driver dropping me off. And you're just like, let me get a photo. Let me get a photo. I got to go catch my flight. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, so I, I I don't know. We just live in this fast, crazy, internet, cycle driven where I think everybody's like they is living in. Do the you feel respected being a woman in the rap business? Oh, no. I feel I, a certain I feel a some I feel a certain amount of respect, but I don't feel as respected as I need to be being a woman that have always respected everybody that I've worked and dealt around and with whether it's guy or woman especially guys mm. um, I don't I don't feel dis- I don't get dis- well it's a lot of disrespect because I mean you know disrespect comes in all forms like and it could come from guys it come from somebody I've dated somebody previously and you could get mad I'm not dating you no more now you in a song and you saying something disrespectful you saying that's disrespect instead of just I don't cross certain boundaries or just keep it moving I feel like once you go now I'm gonna target her now I'm gonna have something to say oh now oh you this bitch now now that's disrespect, you know, and but it happens. It's the, the generation that we live in. It's the cycle that we portray because all forms of type of music, people have so much to say or however they want to say it, whether it's music, sports, however. And we try to figure out ways to deal with that or try to figure out whatever. And 
it's too many opinions. It's too many. Co- the, we live in a world of comments, commentary. Everybody got something to say. They don't even know what's really going on. And they'll voice their opinion. And we all have one. But I think some, like, people don't understand or, or read the story. Reading is fundamental. You don't dig into what's happening. You just go judging. Oh, well, I saw you with this shirt mm-hmm. on, whatever. And, oh, I saw you with Mike and something happened. It just, your story yeah. is going to sound so crazy than what really actually happened. So I don't know. Sometimes I just, I look and I see and observe everything that's going on, whether it's on the internet, whether it's social media, it's in real life. And, I don't know. I be thinking that we're just like in real the Matrix or something. Some yeah, shit is just all like weird. Sure I like the Matrix. Yeah, yeah like I don't know. That's we gotta for sure. I don't it's know. almost like you think like really what really happens after we die? Is it over like blank? Yeah, what really does happen? Is, is it really does go blank or do it goes back to we just start wake dreaming up again? Oh, imagine we wake up and we born but we again. We would never know bullshit, that we wake right? up because we're never there. And then we're a fucking bird or a rock or a tree or something. We gotta do it again. But we'll never know that, though. That's the scary thing about it. And even people that you know that have gone away, you cannot say, hey, what's happening up there? Where you at? What are you doing? Are you chilling? Like, are you smoking a blunt? Are you at a game? Because that don't happen. I mean, I I think that shit happened, but it doesn't. Well, maybe it does. Sometimes I think it does. But we won't know that until we're in that space. And then now in Do you ever feel that way? I feel it. Listen, listen, when I go under the toe, like, it's a special... Um, medicine, we take the toe and it takes you to another dimension. Mm-hmm. And um, when I'm under the toe, um, I just I don't feel anybody. I don't know anybody. I never met them. Everybody I ever loved my children. Everybody they don't know, no longer exist. Really? Yeah. Say more about that, Mike, because you've said that before, and um, it's just that um, I'm curious. I tell my wife everything. I tell her when, when she watches me go under, I say I love you. All praise be to Allah. You know, it's the whole thing, and, right? And, and go. I never know she exists. She never existed. I never had a wife. Boom. Oh, wow. Is it that you transcend that level of reality? No. I realize it's all about me. It's all about my journey. I can't live my I, my um my wife's pain is not my pain. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to comfort her pain, but her pain is not my pain. I'm not gonna have a miserable day because she's in a bad day, having a bad day, mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm gonna be there to comfort her all the time. My children, if things happen to my children, I lose my children. Whatever, it's nothing I can do. We have to deal with the possibility, the reality of loss of control, yeah. letting go. Yeah. Such a suck. Reality sucks. Yeah. So. Oh, we're not. Even, we haven't even faced it yet. The fact that, listen, dig this, that we're all living, we're hanging out, we might leave here, party, whatever, have the best time of our life, but the actual reality is it's almost over. We're not going to be here much longer. And it doesn't, it's not really long, but it's going to seem like a long time, like 40 years, if we make that. Imagine how far, what we got along, how far we got to get sick, we got to get an accident. Imagine what's going to happen before we get to 40, day, 40 years. Yeah. You know, it's almost over, really. It's a blink. And what's really over? Because when you say that that's us, so what about the generations the coming? World. The physical for us. But yes. then what about the ones that still are maybe two years old, three years old, that have time? It's over for them too? It's over everybody? No, or just listen. Um, um, our death is our birth. Yes. And our birth is our death. Yes. You know? We're mm-hmm. not getting out. You know, nobody's getting out here. Nobody's escaping free, that. Yeah, with a free ticket. Yeah. We go to all experience pain, loss, and then I think when it's over, we realize it's just a joke. I was telling my friend that some place in Nepal is a little section, a community of monks, and they all have a skull head in their bedroom yeah. to realize life is just a joke. Because yeah. this is where we're all going to go at the end. We're going to be skeletons, bones. Yeah. 
and all that shit. That and we're so vain. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we see things that are great about us. Because I I'm sure so do. I'm so vain. <laughs> you know? I see all this greatness, but I do understand what you're saying because at the end of the day, I don't care who you are, what success you've reached, how many concert shows, however, we all are going into that same box space, however, however it is. But before you go there, it would be so awesome and you're so beautiful and unbelievable if you went there before you went there, you get to know who this is. The person is. Yeah, who right. we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even yeah. know what our purpose is. How do we really do. get here? Well, my mother and my father, they're just fucking vessels. You know? They were the portal. Yeah, they're just the vessels. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's nothing about us that really, our parents can stop us from our enjoyment. Right. Come in at nine. Fuck you. I'm staying out all night. They're our mother and father. We don't listen to them. Who's going to tell us anything? Who are we going to listen to? Yeah. We have to live our life. Yeah, Khalil Gibran Gotta yeah. live our life Yeah You know One thing that comes to my mind Is that You know Everyone has However Much of this Is a feeling Of not being worthy To whatever extent It is You know Some people Feel like they're, They don't even Approve of themselves Being in the world You know They don't approve Of the thoughts That they have and what people don't realize is that, you know, us right here, just being here, just coming into the world, you're already a manifestation of the divine cosmos. You're already a physical representation of the universe, you know, a, a fragment of God, just as you are. And every thought that you have, good and bad, God hears it and knows it and has already forgiven you, you know, because it's already done. Everything we do, getting over that, that feeling of unworthiness or not being good enough, that's a big step. I don't know. I think it's just a battle battle within to assure yourself that you are good enough. Right. And that's all up to you. It's all up to you because nobody else. No, I, I believe that 100%. You know? Everything's an inside job. We know what we're How many? To do. We have the answers to all the questions we, we want. Yes. You know, we have how many people forward. have told you how awesome you are? You know, and how great you are and how much success you've had and all the things, you know, and you've been, you know, you can, when you get to that point when you can buy whatever you want and it's not enough. No, then my ego tells me, you think you got those people fooled. I know who you really are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Got, so it comes back to me. Yeah. It all comes back to me. Um, it's a little different than ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's just a little deeper. Yeah. Our existence. But you're us. there. You know, our existence. Why are we here? Our existence. What the fuck? Yeah. Why do I think I'm somebody? Why do I think I'm a fly motherfucker? Yeah. Who, what, 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 you know, where do you get that thought? I, that's what bothers me. Like, why do you think that? Is a possibility that you might be better than somebody. Who are you, nigga? People, people, the people that have um, always told you that or pushed in your head or say it or always is constantly reminding you or saying it, I think, and then it becomes habit forming. It's always been people that tell you you were better than somebody or better than everybody in the whole entertainment of of your career. It's always been, you've always been the best. Nobody could tell you anything or nobody could, we, we will argue that down to the day we leave this earth. Yeah. And that's still going to always be the argument, you know, and I now personally know to say that, 
you some of those times like was scared i would never could picture the two you get but i get it because it's you this is the inside person who you are you know and i understand that feeling because i'm scared the same when i get on the stage after a while once i'm in it that the little butterfly thing kind of move around but at first i'm like this big old stage all these people i don't want to <laughs> fall in these hills i don't want something to go wrong I just like it's be so many things happening at one time but I get that. And I be thinking like, it's only me. But when you're on stage, you got a lot going on. You're looking good. You're yeah. Shoes, heels, you're fucking, yeah you I mean, that's some shit already, just doing that in heels. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Being able yeah. to perform in you don't heels. Wanna, that's I'd the biggest thing. You don't want to fall. You, you just want to make fall? sure. You ever fell? I fell once. By mistake, I never, I, I never fell in my whole entire career. I don't know something happened with the stage. This guy right here with the bald head, he ran on stage first. He said one, two, three with the mic, and I, it was my cue to come on. And I come dashing after him. One, two, he go one, two, three, and he falls. I go oh. one, two, three, my cue, and I go right and fall after him. That was the <laughs> most horrible thing. I didn't understand how that happened at the same time, but that's the only time I fell. Trina, what's your fa- What has been your favorite part? Like, what really, what gets you up in the morning about? being a rapper and being in music and doing what you do? Um, I would say mostly um, just how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. It's been good times. It's been horrible times. And then the, I think for me, the connection with the fans, I have like real diehard fans. So it, it's been times when I was like trying to do my album or trying to do music. And I was just like, oh, I'm not enough mode or feeling it. And I would just look at some of the stuff they would say and just some of the reasons they would say, you know, how I inspired them or why, all these different things. And in my mind, I was like, I still have to feel it connecting here. Like, it has to be a purpose. I have to want to do it. I have to want to do this album in these terms because now when I do it, I want to talk about these things that's happening in my life current. And, you know, it, it had to all make sense for me. Mm-hmm. So I just think, um, you know, when I wake up, sometimes I'm in a mood and um, my whole mind is music because I have so much to say. I want to talk about it. That's, that's what I call that's venting, you know, when mm-hmm. I go into the studio. Um, and then there's times when it's like shut down and I think I'm gathering it up trying to figure it out because like you say, like life is really happening. It's real every single day. And sometimes in, you know, in this field, like for me and music, okay, when we're in a club or I'm doing shows, that's in a club, that's partying. But that's not life to me. That's just the fun part. Like I don't go, I like to, I mean, I work. So when I'm out and partying, that's one thing. But that's not what drives me. Once I'm done with that, then it's like, oh, reality sinked in. Mm. So now I got to deal with, okay, how do I feel now? How do I feel tomorrow? Do I feel like recording? Do I feel like making music? What is the mood? Am I, am I sad? Am I happy? Am I experiencing something, going through anything that I want to divulge in and talk about in this music? Mm. So it'd be just like a bunch of different things. But it, it you know. Do you have your guard up a lot, you think? Um, sometimes. Yeah. The untrustworthy of people sometimes? Oh, absolutely. I think for me right now, I'm in a situation that's with a very untrustworthy situation. I think it's got me very guarded. And, um, you know, when you do business with people and, you know, you it's, it's, it's business is about, for me, I think, respect and trust, you know, being truthful. And when you find out things that, you know, people have done that's not truthful, it kind of puts you in between, like, your back against the wall. Do you live in your truth or do you remove yourself from the situation? You know, in all in total. So mm. I think I'm in. I'm I'm feeling that very mu- that that situation this very moment. Whenever I find myself in a situation like that, mm-hmm. where I'm like, this isn't working for me. I mm-hmm. feel, I start to feel crazy. Like I'm gonna go crazy. Like I'm gonna snap. You really? know, and it always comes to because I'll you know I'll go through the process of why am I in this situation. Mm. 
Why has life done this to me, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, victim. Big time. Why victim. are these guys doing this? <laughs> and then I realize, oh, yeah, it's just on me, you know? It's just on me. Like, I can just remove myself from the situation, you know? Like, I started this business when I came out of the NFL, mm-hmm. and the relationship with those business partners was so terrible. Mm-hmm. It took me a while, but eventually I was like, you know what? It's better for me to just leave. Mm-hmm. I have to just cut ties with this, mm-hmm. you know? And when I did that, when I told them, you know what, guys, this isn't working for me anymore. I, I can't be a part of this company. And I left. The universe opened up mm. all the doors. You know, even though we have partners and we have people that we love, mm-hmm. in life, this is the individual journey. Yeah. When we go meet God in the maker, he's not going to say, you know, what happened to your wife or your kids? He's going to ask you about your deeds and what we did mm-hmm. or whatever we did, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's what I found out by taking the toad. Everything's an individual path. What is it, it you call it, taking the what? The toad. The toad. Explain to her the toad. Yeah, because I, I heard, I'm, I want to make sure I'm clear. The yeah, toad. the toad. The toad. It's an animal, the okay. toad. And they extract its venom. And in its venom is this stuff, 5-MeO-DMT. And DMT is a psychedelic chemical compound that we produce in our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say we get a hit of it naturally in our life when we come into being in our mother's womb and then on our deathbed. Mm. So some people think that maybe it's the portal of the soul into the physical realm. So you can smoke it. Uh, when you extract the venom from this toad, they dry it, it crystallizes, you scrape it up, and then you can smoke it, and you have a 15 to 20 minute experience of God, you have an ego death, you know, you are released from much of your trauma and pain, um, you get a lot of information in a really quick time. And, um, very quick, very quick, <laughs> too quick, too quick, yeah, too quick. And uh, people have really transformative experiences on it. So you know, people who are dealing with addiction, they come out and they're no longer addicted to whatever it is, heroin or whatever, um, cures depression, anxiety. You know, because it goes to you know the pearl essence of the things that we as individuals hold on to that unknowingly create mechanisms in our lives, mechanisms of thought so that, you know, the things that bother us, the things that, you know, rub us the wrong way, the resentments we carry, the anger we hold, you know, these all have an origin Mm -hmm. in us. It takes you back into these experiences and it shows you them without any ego. So you Mm -hmm. can allow yourself to be released you from can't that. imagine being you can't imagine not having your guard up can you you can't even think about it <laughs> you can't even think about that in life I was saying I couldn't imagine not thinking motherfucker what you looking at I couldn't imagine not having that ego because I'm so afraid mm-hmm. I'm so afraid that people might find out that I'm, that I'm really a little scared boy mm-hmm. and I was a loser and I always wanted to be a somebody mm-hmm. and I tried too hard and I was desperate so I was <laughs> tough and mean motherfucker don't even question my masculinity or nothing yeah. So, um, but when you take the toad, you confront all that. You're not gonna. When you don't have the ego, you're not. You don't know what you're. You don't know if you're gay, straight. You don't know what you're. You're scared. 
No, I'm serious. That's not funny. You're, you're scared. But, you're scared. Holy, you're scared of nothing. You don't see nothing, but you're scared. Your feelings off the hook. Is you? You remember every take? Every you remember the cigarette you have, every kiss you have, every man you have, every cigarette, cigarette, everything. You feel everything, every power, everything you ever had, anything from the first moment of your life. You feel all those feelings. Yeah, it's powerful. That's super powerful. Yeah, you might yeah. think you're God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might mm-hmm. think you're God. So the closest like, thing you ever gonna come to God. It's gonna be the closest. And you're not gonna come close to anything. No cocaine, no heroin, nothing can even come close. Wow. <laughs> nothing can come close. Mushrooms, nothing can come close. <laughs> wow. If, you, if you're on drugs now, you take this, you'll never take a drug again. You say, nigga, we're gonna take this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or tonight again. Wow. Uh, and I never thought, listen, I've been all over the world. I've been all over the world a couple of times. I've did everything. I've been with great women. I've been with great cars, great houses, great boats, great plants, everything. And so I've been there. Nobody could tell me shit about nothing. I met queens, kings, fucking czars. I met everything, motherfucker. And then I took the toe and I found out I ain't no shit. I ain't never did shit. <laughs> I ain't shit. Wow. That's real talk. I ain't shit. I ain't do nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know who I was. I ain't do shit. All that shit I did, but I didn't know who I was. Yeah. So I did nothing. Yeah. I did nothing. Not a fucking thing. And I thought I was a fly nigga. What a joke. Well, you've still done a lot. Nah, nigga. <laughs> After the toes. I know know what you're saying, but you know. I didn't do me. Yeah. Uh, I did everything else to disguise who I am. Interesting. I want anybody else to think I'm this guy, but you know, I never wanted to touch this. This is scary stuff. <coughs> Do we hide our shame through our success? People won't question us because we're so successful, they won't question no. us. They want, you know? I don't know, maybe it's sport. No one teaches you how to prepare for this shit. No, you know what I mean? no preparation. It just comes like. Well, no one probably could have prepared you for that, you know, because no very few people have even been that high. Yeah. You know, to that mountaintop, you know? It's weird stuff, you know what I mean? Our illusion of ourselves. Mike, you're fucking, you know, every time we talk about this, you've gone a little deeper, you've gotten some more insights, but that was really interesting, man. You know, that point of, I never, I wasn't doing me. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I read about. I, saw, I was so good at history. I read about so many personalities. I was those guys. I was never me. Mm. I was afraid of me. I'm nobody. Mike Tyson from Brownsville, Brooklyn. That's nobody. What the fuck is that? But if I'm fucking iron, Mike, I'm a motherfucker. I'm an annihilator. Mm. And everybody knows it. It's powerful, man. So it's always about the, my illusion of myself. What you, am I really? Do you think... We've never talked about it, but um, you talked about it on Joe Rogan's when Cuss had you hypnotized. Yeah. Do you think a lot of it came after that? Did that hold for you for a long time? Absolutely. It holds to me now. How old were you when you were hypnotized? I started at 14. And what would it be? It's relaxation, blissness, and uh, affirmations of destruction and um, eloquent destruction. That's like, you gotta kill all these motherfuckers. You know, it's a sophisticated least um, plan this out and we're gonna destroy the world. And the world's gonna know our name and you're gonna be a god. Fuck. People are naming their children after you. The heavyweight champion named Tyson Fury. Yeah, I know. 
They We're going to get him on. Listen, they told me everything. I didn't believe it. They were telling me everything, everything happened. I know, man. Well, that's what, after, that's what we exactly. do. Yeah. That's what we do. We're all, of, we're all products of our thoughts. Yeah. We are who we think we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? We become. Even if we start out poor, we become that person before we become successful, and then we become successful. Mm-hmm. We all have fucking thoughts. I sometimes don't have a good opinion of myself, but I, but I love who I am. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? I don't have a good opinion of myself, but I love who I am. Yeah, I, I sometimes felt like that before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Are you saying you loved, uh, I love who I am at the time, Iron Mike? No. I'm are you saying, saying that now? I'm saying everything, all my flaws, everything, I, I love who I am. That makes me who I am. Mm. I love who I am because no, I, I can be, no one could be who I am. Yes, yeah, nobody. And I don't even know true. why I ran away from myself so long. Mm-hmm. I thought I was ugly. I didn't think I had anything interesting to say really? or talk about myself. No. Really? Really, yeah. Hmm. That's, the, the craziest thing is that, you know, see, because say, for instance, if we weren't here face-to-face and just we had, this was just some person with their story and what their interpretation of you is, then now the world is thinking or listening or to what another person's view is or however they paint the picture. But to be in your presence and then the way you feel and how you speak and how you say and see things and view it, it's so more surreal and different, you know? Like, it's it, it's never it's never great unless it's coming from the person. that, Like you said, like a person can look at you and have all these things, but they don't know you. They don't know anything. You now can only say that. That's the most thing that feels like... That's a real... I know how that feel like. You know what I mean? Like, I would never sit here and think um, that you were this way. You really? know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. very deep, very smart, very, very... Yeah. I do a lot of inventory. I used to do uh-huh. a lot of inventory. Because really? of my past. Yeah, my past. Yeah. Not from my past. I do a lot of inventory. Uh-huh. Because um, from my past, I was a megalomaniac. Okay. And from my path, I don't give a fuck if uh-huh. I hurt your feelings. Uh-huh. And that, um, when I became conscious and realized I was hurting people's feelings, I had to go and apologize. You know how many people had to apologize to? Yeah. So when you say you didn't, you wasn't conscious to realize you did it, that was why? Because you just... I'm talking about my wife, my kids, everybody. everybody. You just didn't care because why you were angry or you just, Mike, I don't care. I don't have to feel no way. Why is it that I'm listening to them? The reason that we have all this is because of me. Oh, okay, okay. Why am I listening to them? I love them, but they're not saying, I'm the one that made this happen. Okay, so... Suppose I have to depend on them to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Where would I be living? Okay, I got it. Some fucking shit like that. And then now you got to apologize. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got to apologize, and it's like... So it made you think, and you're like, why am I being mean? Or No, it's my insecurities and shit. My guilt, maybe I've cheated or something. Maybe I'm thinking about cheating and shit. So I make them insignificant in my mind. Mm -hmm. If I can have my pleasure and shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just hard to deal with. How do you deal with your selfishness? We also may not selfish, but when you explain what selfishness is, we say, fuck, I'm selfish. Right. How do you deal with that stuff? It's such a bad shit. But it's such a self-preservational instinct. I think that's one of those things that as you become more mindful and you wake up and you're more conscious about the people around you, mm-hmm. it turn. you know? You know what I learned? I'm 53, but know what I, know what I learned as I get older? Mm-hmm. As I get older, I worry what God's going to do to me about the shit that I did and I never told nobody and I only know. <laughs> Fuck. He knows. Yeah, I know he knows. He already <laughs> knows. Yeah, I know he knows. But then when you get older, you really know he knows. 
Because it doesn't go away. You say, fuck, when I'm dying, he's going to fucking be mad at me. You think so? Huh? You think so? Do you think he's probably like, well, you know, you're good, overweight, you're bad, so I'm going to forgive you anyway. I don't look at it like that. I always look at that coming from my ego perspective. Yeah, I'm going to see God when I die. Yeah, I'm going to meet God. Fuck it. God is, I think to myself, God probably doesn't even know I exist. It's probably all in my mind. My relationship with God. My relationship, Ooh. My relationship with God. God yeah. doesn't wait you gonna be a blackout, motherfucker. It's gonna just be blackness. You ain't gonna know nothing. There ain't gonna be no heavenly clouds and shit, motherfucker. It's gonna be just black. Mm. Isn't that ego? God's gonna look after me. Why would God look after you? Why is it that <laughs> even though we all did a bunch of bad shit, why is it when we did our bad shit and we're getting closer to God, God, God forgets for everything? But God didn't forget when we were murdering. God, oh, you know okay. what I mean? Exactly. I, How do, well, let me think about this. How does a guy that dies in prison, like he has life and he does life, he does 55, 60 years in prison and he dies, where does he think he's going to go? <laughs> no, I don't know where he go. He may go to, but what, what is he thinking in his mind? Yeah, exactly. I think that as well. But what 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 torment does he go through in his mind? Does he wish he's dead? Does it does yeah. it come fast enough? Yeah, I, I think so. But death has to be fascinating because life was fascinating. How could death not be fascinating? It's a part of life. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I don't think so. I just think that you don't know what happens at the. I don't. See, I'm a little different. I start believing all kinds of other stuff that may seem weird. And then everybody says, oh, there's life after death. Yes, says who? Because once you're out of here, (laughs) once you're out of here, whatever, your spirit, all that stuff, wherever it's going to go, this whole physical thing, all this, you're never going to see that again. And the people that... That's before you can never tell you whatever's happening, wherever they are. We may not be nobody nowhere. Everybody's just blacked out and it's all gone. It's over. And that's just the end of it. I think it's just a myth of just the same thing like Christmas and the Easter Bunny and all the rest of those fairy tales. That's what I believe. What about the people that have been dead for 20 or 30 minutes and came back? Yeah, I believe in that short minute, but I don't believe like once you're gone, gone, gone and you're not coming back and they do the removal of remains, it's over. Hmm. I was there. I've been through some stuff. I witnessed. I've seen some stuff. I'm a... It's a different thing. I just don't. I think it's after that. It's a disconnect. I don't know your soul, your spirit. I mean, but a spirit doesn't have a face or anything. So it's just what a bunch of like air running around, speaking and hanging out with people around the rest of the world or wherever it's at. Or you're bringing your ancestors from the ground. Like I don't. I I just be trying to figure out where does everything happens after the physical. Why Some do, people go on the ground. Why, why do you think God made life so difficult, complex? But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But who, did, who created God? Who eat? What is a like? God is what though? Yeah. Woman, man, higher how, power. How, 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 how can you think God is, is it a, a man? Face? How can you think God? Is I don't a man? think it's a man. That's I don't ego. think it's anything. That's all ego. God that's is a, a man's man. egotistical. That's the male testosterone thing. That's quintessential ego. It's quintessential. God and then of course man. there's the women yeah. with their vulnerability that thinks it's a woman. I just feel a feeling. I don't really want to face it. Or say it's a face or whatever, man, woman. I don't know all these sculpt pictures and all that stuff. I don't think none of that stuff is realistic. I think it's all in your mind of what you believe in and what you make. That's why we have so many different people that believe in different spirituality, religions, and all kind of stuff. And if it was one thing, one person, everybody would believe in the same thing. They don't, and they cannot because we have too many different spiritual people that believe in totally different things. But it's all the same. Hmm. The same what? Everything we live in, Christianity, Buddhism, mm-hmm. um, Islam, mm-hmm. um, let's think Indian religion, fake mm-hmm. Lord, Bagheta, that book, mm-hmm. it's, all yeah. it's all the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. It's all the struggle. 
good mm-hmm. and evil. That's what it all is. Ups and downs, adversity, mm-hmm. coming back from failure, mm-hmm. overcoming gluttonous, eating yourself to death, mm-hmm. control, mm-hmm. sex addict, mm-hmm. drug addict, <laughs> passion addict, self-hate addict. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's everything. Me too. It's everything, you know. Have you ever met someone for the first time and thought, I know this person? Um, what do you mean? Like just seeing their face? Oh, I know him or I saw Like, him. I have this more and more these days, uh-huh. actually. Oh, I know this person. And I meet someone for the first time and I know I've never met him before in this life. Hmm. But I'm like, I know this person. I think that's happened to me before. How do you explain that? I don't know, because I, I don't know. It's almost like somebody saying that somebody's been here before. Mm-hmm. They remind you of somebody before, something in the past, past tense or whatever. I don't know where that comes from or how, what makes you feel that, but it's just a weird feeling, but it happens a lot. I don't know if it's a person's energy, the way they act. It, it, it could remind you of, you know. Call it energy. Yeah. You know? Call it energy. You know, listen, I'm going to tell you something happened. I was on a plane. I was in Europe somewhere. Switzerland. I was um, I was partying back then, mm-hmm. so I was finishing my um, my little three month thing in um, south of France. So I, I I got caught up in I was in Denmark, Denmark. I got caught up in Sweden somewhere, and I was talking to a guy, and this guy says, "How you doing, Mister Tyson? I'm a big fan." And I said, "He said my name is Cosmo." <laughs> I said, yeah, right, like Cosmo Dimitri, like Dimitri. And he said, "Yes, that's my name." And he pulled out, and that was his name. Oh, Fuck. Wow. You know, because he has a famous name, and uh-huh. the name was famous. And I said, yeah, right, like Cosmo Dimitri, right? Uh-huh. He said, yeah, Dimitri. He said, yeah, that's my name. How did you know? And that was his name. I bet you if he ever sees this, he'd probably say, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and that was so weird. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, wow. dude. And this is the old rem- Renaissance rich family, banker family uh-huh. back in the day. And I, used to, and, I used to, and I knew that when he said Cosmo, he said, I said Cosmo Dimitri. And he said, yeah, that is my name. Did you talk to him at all? For a few minutes. Did you? Is he related? I didn't want to ask him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then that means he's very wealthy and people are uncomfortable uh-huh, uh-huh. saying who they are. Mm-hmm. He probably would have talked to you. He would have yeah, been like, "Come on, it was mine. It yeah. was mine when I said that." Wow. wow. I hope yeah. he's watching this. I hope he looks at this. Sit him up. Say, that did happen. Cosmo Dimitri. Yeah, Dimitri. You know, Dimitri. Yeah, yeah. rich family from yeah. Italy, the bankers. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a trip. But know what else happens that's funny? Like, you think about somebody, next thing you know, he calls. Yeah. How can you, uh-huh. how, how how can you control, like, make them call you whenever you want them to? Yeah. You know, you think about they call, else you think about somebody, next thing you know, they pull up right next to you. What's up, but, nigga? What <laughs> makes that happen, though? How I don't, hey, that's, a, that's something that... Synchronicity. Yeah, that's that something, happens yeah, that's, all the time. Yeah, yeah that's the, the universe, Or you could be man. talking about somebody, but how do, all of a sudden, how do we control you? that? How control when we can do it whenever we want to? Who do we want? Who do we want to and bring in? Boom, and he comes in. You know what I mean? Who do we want? And here, the Pope. The Pope. Yeah. Dalai Lama. Pope. Yeah. Dalai Lama. The Pope. Let's just visualize it. See it. All right. They'll be here soon. Yeah. It's a Tibetan Lama, one of those guys. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. What do you think of the state of uh, our country and the president and all of that stuff? Oh, man. It's just... I'm lost at what's happening now. At first, I was kind of paying attention and following up. But at this point, I think, um, yeah. I just think it's just the whole total 
just circus. 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 Just the whole yeah. circus. Um, I think it's fun. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I think what I do think bullshit, is though, it has wake, woke people up and a lot of people, you know, that, that was so, you know, non-political, don't think your vote matter, don't want to do this, don't want to put the effort forward to make sure your voice is heard. These are the people that's reeking it the most because mm-hmm. now you have so much to say and, you know, all this stuff when you did not even care, put the effort in to make sure your voice was heard then. So now you have this president that's doing all these weird, crazy, strange, ridiculous things and it's so much bad happening like so much it's that's one thing to deal with but when you have the war or you have the walmart's getting shot up or or different restaurants or all these people that people are just insanely going nuts for what what is driven you inside of your mind to think that it's okay to walk in a public place full of kids and people and just do that no make people do that when I reach a certain age in my life, I've been told all my life who I am. Because of who I am, I'm going to succeed in life. And I reach that point in life where I should be successful. And, and I'm, I'm not. not successful. Okay, well, do it to kill yourself. Don't take out a whole gang of no, other no, people. No, no, I'm not going to kill myself because the world lied to me. I'm going to kill the fucking world. But the, world the innocent kids, it doesn't no, matter. No, fuck them. Look at me. Crazy. Look at me. I'm yeah. nothing. I'm nothing. The world lied to me. I'm supposed to be somebody. Yeah. So why should they survive? Why should they be happy? I'm not happy. Okay, do you feel like that would be well, I guess if the world lied in certain certain um, aspects, but wh- what part of it to yourself as a person that you feel so low and you're not prospering to what you want to do or be in life to you say, "Hey, this is not working out. This career didn't work. This job didn't work. This girl didn't work. Whatever didn't work, I got to figure out something for me to make me feel happy." Or you just go throughout your life being unhappy. That's not how they think. Yeah. They're not rational. The whole thing, yeah. that's irrational thinking. They're okay. not rational. Okay. That big that big feeling, <gasps> it's over. My life is over. I'm not, I lost the fucking job. My girlfriend left me. She took my kids. Holy shit. I'll never get another girl that's laughing at me. Oh, my God. Fuck. Fuck everybody. I'll show them. Mm-hmm. I'm a man. Nobody's yeah. going to laugh at me. Sad. It is sad. It's yeah. very sad. Our idea of what a man is is confusing to a lot of people. Yeah. What is a man? I don't know. You know, I know what he is physically. You know, I can I can identify what a man looks like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know what is a man. I don't know what I am. It's hmm. not what we've been taught, that's for sure. Now, so can you break the untaughtable cycle? Like, say, for instance, if you were a kid and you grew up and you didn't have a dad or a father, so now you are, you probably, nine times out of ten, don't... Since you didn't have that father, now you have a kid, so you didn't really learn much because you didn't have a dad. So now you're trying to figure it out yourself how to teach your kid. And some parts may not, it may be failure, may not meet up to the standards or whatever that may be. Does that make you feel like where you're testing yourself? Am I a man? Am I doing this right? Do I, am I making sure my wife is good? My house is good? My kids are good? Or am, is I, am I happy with my job? Am I happy with my weight, my body? Like all of these things, no? No, um, you know, that's us. That's us in our own head. Mm-hmm. But God takes care of tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's going to be here, but are we going to be here for tomorrow? Right, yeah. We have to prepare for tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have to prepare to um, reach our highest potential for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have much time, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for, you know, reach our highest potential. Because I look at myself, I think a year ago I was a junkie, I was old, I was doing a lot of drugs, I was fucking a lot of people. I'm so happy I didn't give my wife no disease or nothing. This, my life was over, and my fucking mind and boom, I got this company, big company, living life like a fucking it's just fucking crazy you know what I mean and all I do is just um, I have have gratitude you know I just have gratitude you know how the fuck did I have the audacity to think I was somebody that I wasn't 
You know, you just have to have you know gratitude mm-hmm. to really know that um, this is all from God. Because if I was steering this shit, I'd be on crack. I have AIDS or something. Mm-hmm. If I was steering the ship, my ship, if I was mm-hmm. I'd fucking be on the AIDS. I'd fucking in the hospital with the shit. I'd yeah. be fucked up. Mm-hmm. So that's why I know it's, it's bigger than me. Mm. Yeah. That's why I stay out of my own way. I don't say shit. I don't, I don't do that shit. Like, nigga, who the fuck you think? I don't say shit no more to myself. It's the thing and see what happens. Yeah. Fuck the hell of a ride. That's man. it, man. Sometimes you think your life is over. Then, boom, whoa, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> shit, you be ready? You think I'm ready to throw in the time, ready to die, then fuck, what happened? Where am I? Yeah. You know, so I learned never give up. Never throw in the towel. Even when you're dying to your last breath, just keep fighting. Never give up. Keep fighting. Yeah. All right. Well, should we wrap this thing? Let's do this. So right. where can we find you? You need more questions. The world is looking at you. Trina Rockstar. Yes, Trina Rockstar. Are you and Trick Daddy still friends? Because y'all fight a lot on the show. No, we fought. We oh, Okay, let's talk about that. We fought this one time on the reunion, which I hated. Because yeah, I don't like okay. to fight in public. We've been fighting for 20 years private. Mm-hmm. And Trick is crazy. Everybody knows that. But that's still my brother. We had a long conversation. We patched up. We fixed it. He apologized because he knew he was wrong. And a lot of stuff that he said was was edited out so you didn't see why I was so mad but he he don't mean no harm it's just he's one of them dudes that's just he just got a mouth and he just say he's like how you said you would be 20 years ago if this was the show it would be that's just his mouth so I be trying to tell him you're not 20 years ago bro grow up into a different phase well it's tough to grow up growing up is hard that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, all that negative stuff that's attacked, this energy is, att- is attached to you. You think it want to let you go? Wow, you said growing up is hard. Yeah, it's not going to let you go. You're it ain't going to let you go. No, your ego's not going to let you go. To grow up, you got to let your ego go. How you going to grow away with the ego? Hmm. It ain't going to let you go. <laughs> I did all this shit for you, made you a rapping star, you want to get rid of me? You selfish mm. motherfucker. Who do you think you are? I did all this yeah. for you. Now you want to get rid of me. That's what it's saying to you. I did all this. And you sat down with Mike for fucking an hour. Now he got you ready to get rid of me. Mm. <laughs> oh, serious. You got to. You, you, never, you should never talk to these motherfuckers again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's enough. It's hard. I, now, yeah. I never did that way. But now that you said it that way, that's true. Growing up, some people. So how do I grow up? Now I got to grow up. I got to be responsible for my children. Now I got to get up at a certain time make sure he goes to his baseball camp. All right, I'm used to just lounging all day. The day is mine. Now I gotta yeah. get up and take my. Now I gotta go pick them up. Now I gotta go check them during lunchtime. Responsibilities, yeah. And now I gotta take my kids to tennis. And I gotta make sure I'm watching for two or three hours when I could be watching YouTube. You know, and so that this is part of growing up, and that's something that I dread my whole life. Taking the kids to the movie when I don't want to watch this fucking cartoon. Or something, you know. It's all about me. Why do I have to go to this movie? You <laughs> know what I mean? I mean, I, I give these mm. kids education. Why are they fucking with me, making me take them to the movie? Yeah. I gave them all this shit, and they want me to take them to the movies too. Fuck, ungrateful fucks. That's my ego say. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you one question? All I did. Do you think, um, like, your career when you like? Because you remember you said at thirteen you was very scared. This little boy doing this whole thing, but you, you, you did. So when you became the biggest figure in the world, right? Do you think that made you have an ego? That that built that. That's no, because my ego said I'm gonna tear this motherfucker down because he thinks he's better than me. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's your you, your mission was always that you didn't even nothing. No, 
My ego said, tear me apart. Yeah? Because I'm getting too big. Oh. Yeah. Dang. I started tearing myself apart, destroying my life, destroying my career, doing stupid shit. Wow. It helps you, but it doesn't go away. Yeah. You wanted to just give you everything, all the money, and say bye. I don't yeah. need you anymore, but he stays around. Yeah. And then he starts telling you how a piece of shit you are. Yeah. And you really think you're somebody, right? You weren't shit until I helped you out. And this is how you treat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and you start believing that you're not shit, and this guy helps you out. Mm. Mm. Okay. This is what it is. I don't know why we have these guys in our heads. You know, we all have those things in our heads. We head. do. Yeah, whatever makes you say we do, that, that sound in your yeah. head it tells us what to say. What the fuck? Yeah, we do. I, and I, you say I, to yourself, I accomplished all this, I still have all this. Mm-hmm. And it says, you got these people fooled. I know who you are, nigga. You don't got me fooled. And I try so hard to be good in my mind and shit. But if I want to hear these fucking voices. <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard to be good. I want to hear these fucking voices. They still come out. Who the fuck you think? Well, hey, man, let's get out of here. Yeah, I'm hungry. Trina, thank, thank you so you much. Guys. This was so the exhilarating and so much fun. I learned so much and a lot of deep, good conversation and yeah. some great stuff. I've learned. I like to learn from everything I do. I learn. So, do you hang Love out with that. your boyfriend? You come to shows with him? We hang out. We go everywhere. We just live in this world we out here living in. That's incredible. Shit. We're out here living, man. Life, life terms. Listen to that, everybody. Just ugly, get out there and start living, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. And thanks for watching and listening to this episode. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> Fucking French. <laughs> French. He's a great guy. All right, everybody. Until place. next time. Yes. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Yeah. I'm Evan Britton. I'm Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'm Trina. And that's Trina. And yes. everybody, thank you so much. Thank you Until guys. next time. We're out of here. We're out. Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of the 2018 draft. Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Ayton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too so it is a huge performance for him averaging 20 points 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series and it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career hi this is daniel rue from the real gm radio podcast it's that time of year again and all eyes are now on the pro basketball hockey playoffs and major league baseball season betonline.net has all the action basketball the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship america's pastime is in full swing and let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup betonline has you covered if you love golf mma championship boxing they have that too bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports the news scores and odds so head to the website use your mobile device and bring home the game with betonline.net